Hello and welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. I'm Tom Christie and I'm delighted and I must say quite honoured today to be joined by one of my lifelong heroes and certainly in my opinion one of the great characters of multimedia, creativity and uh, certainly the computing scene and that is Mr Mel Croucher. Now at a time of high creativity in the golden age of computing Mel Croucher was a pioneer amongst pioneers and his work with his company Automata um, absolutely changed how everyone looked at, uh, at the possibilities of computing, at the way that multimedia was perceived. Um, and uh, what is often not mentioned is the fact that he was responsible for setting up the very first software house of its type uh, here in the United Kingdom. Uh, blazing a trail long before the Sinclair spectrum was even a glint in Clive Sinclair's eyes. Um, he's also been uh, an architect, a music producer, a radio producer, a corporate consultant and many other things besides. But today we're going to be talking all about his brand new project and one which stands to completely change uh, how music streaming is perceived here in the UK and far beyond and that, of course, is Jeannie. So thank you, Mel, so much for joining us today. Greetings, Tom, and hello, extremist people. Uh, it is an honor myself to be, uh, to be here. And uh, thank you so much for your interest uh, in what's happening uh, on the Jeannie front and mentioning, um, I can also, as part of my accolades, I can roller skate and play the accordion at the same time. <laughs> I think that's my greatest, uh, claim to fame. Now, I don't think it would be stretching the point too much to say that in a way you kind of invented the podcast before a podcast was a thing. Yeah. Uh, because I remember in the late 80s and early 90s, listening to your recordings on um, the cassette tape that came with Crash Magazine. Um, and I remember um, particularly your, your views on Huam Chewy bars at that point. Um, <laughs> Because that, that completely um, blew everyone away, I think. You know, the, the fact that really you were th the multimedia personality um, for the Sinclair Spectrum and for the 8-bit scene generally. Um, so, I mean, did it, did it surprise you that podcasting um, took so long to, to, to catch on as a, as a sort of streaming phenomenon? It always surprises me how long uh, what I try and do takes to catch on. Uh, the secret is, Tom, the secret is not to die. If you stay alive long enough, um, you, you first get referred to as a veteran, and then you get referred to uh, as a legend, and then you end up um, being interviewed by uh, the likes of you. So yeah, uh, I think I think I was the first person to stick um, a video game onto a what we used to call a floppy disk, and stick that on the front cover of magazines. Uh, that was for um, a company called Duracell. We had little pink bunnies running around. And before that, yes, the cassettes. So I did things like Christmas specials and quizzes and vague attempts at humor and bits of music. Uh, basically, the magazines um, were desperate for content to fill their, uh, their cassettes, their blank cassettes. Um, and instead of having a load of crappy games, they had me with a load of uh, crappy audio content. So guilty as charged. <laughs> well, you know, I think we can add to your accolades 
steaming entertainment pioneer because long before uh, even the, the Sinclair ZX81, you were streaming uh, data on the radio. Um, you were putting computer game software uh, over the airwaves on AM and FM radio. Um, so, I mean, I think that predates uh, streaming data um, as we understand it today by some decades. <laughs> the, uh, the, the technology was uh, interesting, but very primitive. So uh, Christmas of 1977, I started um, Automata in, in November of 77. And uh, I used to go to school with a, a guy called uh, Paul Brown. Uh, and he was running a radio station uh, down my neck of the woods on the south coast uh, called Radio Victory. So um, having played mother and daughter in the school play, I uh, blackmailed him into allowing me to broadcast after hours, so in the dead of night. And what, um, what we did, uh, and the computer code was incredibly primitive, really primitive. So it sounded like your radio was, was uh, throwing up, basically. Um, the poor listener had to uh, record the signals onto cassette, uh, feed those signals into whatever machine they had at the time. We were on very primitive machines back then. Then if the program ever loaded, they would get some um, coordinates, uh, geographical coordinates, and they would have to check on an ordnance survey map to find out where the prize was and claim their prize. So not only was it probably the first um, podcast and broadcast computer game, but it was probably the first uh, audience participation prize prize game as well. As, as you've already said, it was so far ahead of its time. We had an audience of about 10, I think. Uh, after the second season, uh, it had grown uh, into quite a respectable audience. And the reason um, we had success was I was producing a, a radio show, which was basically a glorified, <laughs> a glorified pub quiz. And um, once a week, we'd go into a pub, record the quiz. Uh, a good time was had by all. And I'd drop in sound effects and uh, little jokes afterwards for the broadcast edit. Uh, in the interval, that's when the computer game would be broadcast. So, um, when we come back to uh, full circle to what I'm doing now, which is a project called Genie, it's simply a reiteration of all my greatest failures uh, over the last 50 years. So I used to, yeah, I used to be an architect, so I'm now electronic architect. I was a musician, so uh, music comes into it. Uh, but above all, uh, it was reaching out to an audience, and I just love that whole thing about getting the audience to participate and to play their part and to reward them. So since day one, since 1977, everything I've tried to do has been about rewarding uh, my audience for being good enough to take part and sometimes even to part with money. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. And I still can't believe people um, are enthusiastic about what I put out there. So uh, with in the computer game days, we used to give away, you know, gold and diamonds, literally gold and diamonds for the winners of games. We'd send them to, you know, America to meet their heroes if they sold the game. And uh, by the time I quit computer games, which was 1984, uh, 
when the big corporates started to move in, which wasn't very pleasant. I moved on to um, more computerized stuff. It was mostly databases. So we'll come to Genie uh, the long way round, I think. When I got involved with databases, it was for um, music luminaries. So uh, I had a friend in California and her name is Kelly Richards. Kelly was working with a, um, a chap you might have heard of in his office and his name was Steve Jobs. Kelly uh, helped launch what's now Apple Music and iTunes and um, she was involved with a guy called Todd Rungren and they launched something called Napster. Kelly knows everybody in the music world and I had a hero back then and his name was Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa, in my opinion, is the greatest musical genius of the 20th century. But not only that, he was a visionary when it came to not only podcasts, but computer entertainment and this thing that was just about being invented called the internet. Zappa realized that he could bypass advertising, distribution, high street shops, publishers. He could go direct to his audience through this new thing called the internet, particularly called a really new thing called email. And I had the honor of running the Zappa archive online for three or four years. And my job was to um, go out to all the people pirating uh, Zappa's work. And there's a lot of it saying, look, you're not going to be sued. Um, Mr. Zappa thinks your stuff is great. Uh, in fact, he's going to give you a, a badge of honor and make you an official bootlegger. All you need to do to avoid prosecution is to hand over your database of uh, Zappa fans. That's the deal. And we, we got a lot of, uh, of Zappa fans. Uh, after he died, there were hours and hours and hours of archive material. And the Zappa family would release four copies a year at up to $20 a pop. And the database was a good quarter of a million. So just do the math. It was a brilliant piece of foresight. Hmm. After he died, I ripped off the idea completely and went to um, everyone I knew in the music industry through my colleague Kelly and a couple of other people I knew, uh, one called Roger Watson, who helped me found Genie. Roger uh, had a couple of record labels, uh, Chrysalis. He was running uh, Arista, and he's responsible for 500 million record sales. I just say that again. Roger Watson is responsible for 500 million record sales. That's as big as the Beatles. So he was the guy that bought you Blondie's uh, Parallel Lines, the first uh, video disc. So I gave him a list of my heroes and Kelly a list of my heroes. And I put Zappa's idea to um, everyone in music. And most of them told me to, um, let's not use the bleep button here. They told me to go away very politely, except for a few um, Prince, uh, also deceased now. He bit and he saw it immediately. He is another visionary. And um, we did a date, big database and global audit for him. A uh, guy called Eminem, a, a, a rapper, did the same thing, and a few others. Um, I don't want to name drop, but um, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Status Quo, blah, blah, blah. 
So those were uh, great days. I enjoyed that. That was the 1980s and 90s taken care of. And um, my job was to build fan databases using legalized piracy and empowering uh, superstars to contact their fans direct. And then, as you know well, everything changed. What a mess. The artists started to lose their power and the online corporates took over and the little guys were completely squeezed out. Most people know the situation with online streaming services now. Uh, in fact, there was a government report two years ago and even what was then Her Majesty's government recognized the problem where even the big artists needed millions upon millions of streams to buy a pizza. At the time I launched Genie, the average payout for a stream was $0.00018. So if you were lucky in a year, you could not only afford a pizza, you could afford a can of Coke as well. Uh, this meant that only the major artists were making money and they dominated the streaming world. They still do. So they, in effect, cut out all the newcomers, all the strugglers. It was a mess. And the corporates are so powerful, they cannot be budged. And the reason they are powerful is because advertisers force feed their crap to the masses. You need to pay for the privilege of not being force fed advertising. I won't list them all, but we all know who they are. I came up with the concept of rewarding artists direct and allowing them, uh, if they came to a new type of streaming service, not only it was, there was no point paying them, you know, 0 0.000, whatever it is, a percent per stream. That's stupid. I go bankrupt in one day, just paying for the, uh, the hosting, you know, and the charges. So the alternative idea was to do what I did for Prince and Zappa and all the rest of it, but to do it for the lowly musician, the starter, the young person in their bedroom, or the groups on the slide uh, who just about get a pub gig now. Um, and then, dear listeners, COVID struck, and the second hammer blow to entertainment happened. And this time, it didn't just affect music, it affected everything. It affected stand-up comedy, it affected dance, it affected live poetry. It affected every single form of entertainment. And that became the golden opportunity uh, for Genie to get off the ground because thanks to the web and reversing the monster that had been created in terms of streaming entertainment, people could produce from home wonderful stuff and upload it to anywhere and to Genie if they wanted to. I made every mistake in the book as I always do. That is, I'm afraid, the, the burden. If you're first in and if you try and be a pioneer, you've got to make all the mistakes just so everybody else doesn't have to. So I started charging um, a measly $10 a month to upload a showcase uh, onto Genie for anyone. Audiobooks, music, uh, dance tracks. A file is a file is a file. It doesn't matter what's on it. So I had to start splitting things into channels and end up with over 100 of them. <laughs> Oh, what a mess. And uh, got people to vote for their favorites and started uh, compiling charts of what was popular. But of course, there's huge resistance to charging people $10 a month, particularly if you haven't got $10 a month. 
so during COVID, we opened everything up for free because we could. Uh, I had some great ambassadors, Grammy award-winning artists, uh, people with number ones, uh, old farts, some almost as old as me, who put their name to it, and a number of celebrities. We even got Paul McCartney's double-decker bus from when he was um, riding around Europe in wings. And the bus has been converted into a, a mobile stage, uh, which will be traveling around. The tour started last week on McCartney's 81st birthday. And the idea is that we put genie artists who get to the top of our charts, uh, musicians, poets, anyone, tap dancers, kazoo players, doesn't matter what it is. We stick on the top deck of um, the genie McCartney bus and they get a, an audience. We film everything, of course, and we start building up um, a database of entertainment, which is going quite well. Now, because we got support from uh, the great and the good, people thought that this was going to be easy, and it's not. When you devise um, uh, an audio book or a dance routine or create a tune and play it for a, let's call it a showreel or audition, it takes a lot of work. And musicians and dancers, that's what they do. Writers, that's what they do. They don't create MP4 videos to stick on platforms like mine, platforms like Genie. They don't do it. It's not because they're lazy. It's because they've got better things to do. They've got to pay the rent, basically. So there was huge resistance to um, creating videos. And we started getting involved with uh, universities, uh, schools of art, and getting the students to help out. That helped them. It was good for their um, CVs, good for their portfolios. And it helped us because we didn't have to pay them. Um, Tom mentioned the ethics of Genie, uh, which are different, <laughs> uh, a bit odd perhaps, but because we can, because the ambassadors and the celebrities involved uh, to a greater or lesser extent have made it, what they want to do and what they want to help me do is to give something back uh, to the artist. So instead of charging the artist, I'm going to reverse it. I'm going to pay them. One, I'm going to pay them if they happen to sell uh, a t-shirt through Genie. And the whole point of Genie is they get access to their fans direct. We stay out of it. So you try and, you know, if you're on YouTube, try and talk to your fans. You can't do it. You can't do it. There's no communication between the artist and the audience. With Genie, not only is the artist registered with the username, so is the audience. And we encourage the audience to bring in more audience. And we encourage artists to bring in more artists. And the more they bring in, the more they get rewarded. That's the first difference. How do we generate income? That's dead easy. If we're not charging um, once a month, then we would charge once an upload. So if you want to enter the great genie, you know, competition to get top of the charts or uh, the new genie TV station, which will be launched quite soon and, you know, have your act um, available worldwide on the TV station, then instead of paying us, yeah, you pay an entry free. Sure. You pay $10, but everyone that votes for you and you also pay to vote. It's just like Eurovision. Imagine Eurovision. <laughs> Eurovision, 24 hours a day, you know, all languages, all disciplines. It sounds like hell, but there you go. We could break it down to, you know, your top 10 of dance routines, your top 20 of audiobooks, 
your top 50 of rock bands and so on and so on and the audience will vote and they pay a few cents to vote but the more you vote the more you pay the artist direct and that's the big switch around instead of the artist having to wait for royalties and for producers and for transport and all the rest of the circus that comes with entertainment you can cut everything out and the artist and audience go direct it's up to the artist and it's up to the audience and the likes of genie and my company we stay out of it all we're giving you is a platform you can do what you like with it within reason so if you break the rules uh you're out so we'll shut down your account the rules are very simple no breach of copyright all your work has to be original and it has to stay within common standards of you know ethics decency blasphemy uh no racism no sexism no phobia it's absolutely obvious the stuff we're not going to have on genie it's so obvious it doesn't even need saying but if you press a little button uh, on our website jweni.com uh, in the uh, faqs and questions and answers it's all there but it's just very very obvious what we'll accept uh, we'll accept entertainment it could be really good it could be really bad but who are we to judge uh, we won't judge we'll let the audience judge and it's surprising uh, in the past how the audience has reacted to stuff that i wouldn't imagine would be popular uh, there was a couple i think she was playing the spoons they were like a couple of hillbillies and he was playing some banjo made out of a tin can and i just thought they were awful and they they became a huge hit people were voting for one left right and center and it was just what do i know where stuff i think is great gets you know 100 votes of it if they're lucky so hopefully this is a the democratization of streamed entertainment we're on the fifth iteration of genie now this is version five started off uh, free uh, that failed of course <laughs> because um, we ran out of budget. Uh, we crowdfunded for version two. That was great. Thank you very much, everyone. And a load of artists, we gave them um, free showcases and put them in touch with people. Uh, we started doing masterclasses online. And um, then for version three, things started slowing up horribly because of bandwidth. Uh, we haven't got a big budget. We didn't have a big budget, so technicians you know wanted all the whistles and bells and and we overreached ourselves horribly and almost ground to a halt so we had to shift uh, for version four to cloud computing and uh, the global platform of aws and uh, that has worked so we're flying along at the moment fast and furious in terms of genie.com and because it's going so well and uh, is a success i've decided to rip it all up and start again so we are aiming for um an, a universal app that not only works on you know cell phones and mobiles um laptops pcs it should work on standard tvs games consoles pads everything if it's connected it'll work so who knows uh so yeah if, if i can do it in a couple of years time that'll be fabulous 
and roll it out. Um, I'm working with a company that um, has embraced today's bogeyman, which is artificial intelligence. I have no problem with AI whatsoever. Back in the 80s, I produced uh, a game called ID and uh, carefully chosen. Uh, and it worked on a spectrum and something else. Can't remember what it was. And the idea of the game was, well, firstly, it was in, there was no screen. So if you had a, a speech unit, then the blind could play it, which was nice. And the second thing is it took on the player's personality. So in, we had, oh, we had loads of memory by then. I had moved up from 1K. We did the whole Bible in 1K. <laughs> then we moved up to uh, 16K. Uh, then we moved up to 24K. Mm, yummy. Uh, and then the I think I think ID came out in 48k for a spectrum and for some other machine that I can't remember. But it really, really did take on the personality of the player. So uh, the previous time I tried to do it, which was a game called uh, Pymania, that got the number one, had a musical soundtrack, and we started building up a fan base. And so nothing ever changes. And we did live events back in those days. It was pen and paper boys and girls, no uh, email. So we had to take everything down longhand for our fans and contact them um, with cassettes on the front of uh, magazines that we've already discussed. Uh, but it was all about the same thing. It was all about bringing the audience through their little screens and contact them directly and empowering them. So by the time we got to serious stuff, I got fed up doing databases and dealing with very very wonderful celebrities but also a lot of prima donnas uh some of which didn't want to pay you which is weird and, and not nobody i've mentioned both you know zapper and prince and eminem and, and all that lot they used to pay on the nail great great days and they were very pleased with the results and as soon as they worked out for themselves they said thank you very much <laughs> they got rid of me and did it themselves uh but if it works for the big guys it'll work for the small guys it'll work for you know, you get a, a school and the school's got a little choir. So the choir sends in their audition to Jeannie, their MP4, that maybe their elder brothers or their teachers have helped with. And it's a nice little piece of work. And there's a little dance routine there. And someone comes to the front, you know, and reads a poem. Fabulous stuff. What good is that to the choir? Well, it's a lot of good because if they print a T-shirt, they can sell the T-shirt through Jeannie to their fans or their families or their friends and we we, we facilitate all that and we don't get in the way if somebody sells a, a t-shirt through genie then they just made ten dollars right so we know it works all we got to do is roll it out uh if um extremist publishing sells an audiobook through genie great if uh they publicize uh, an audiobook or a new writer through genie even better because that writer now can uh, use our platform to outreach and build up a fan base. Okay, I'm probably talking too much, but I'll just tell you how the fan base works. Let's suppose you're a creative and you send in something into our platform and people click button. It's just like, just like YouTube. Yeah, you click it and it, YouTube called it a like. I call it a vote, and a little heart symbol. You know, you've seen it all before comes up and the difference is the artist doesn't get a penny but they get a fan and that fan is worth so much more 
than that fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a cent because that fan potentially will buy a book you know we'll buy a t-shirt we'll go to a gig we'll go to see we're getting just getting contact so anonymously because we have to be very careful not only with um, standards authority but with the privacy laws not just in this country but genie is global so somebody in uh, Invercocaliki can pick up a fan in Kuala Lumpur doesn't matter where they are and get them direct and that's where we give back to our artists the audience likes it because they've got a, they've got some power they can see where their vote how it works who they're helping and let's go back to our school our back to our choir and our dancers and our little poets everyone in that school has got friends in social media everywhere no exceptions anymore average number of friends on your social media is a horrific 42 i think or 43 average number that's not crossovers that's you know that's that's what you who you're communicating with every one of those school children has got a parent or guardian or siblings or cousins or friends they meet in the playground or people they meet at the bus stop they've got a social network if they think about it of hundreds and that's how it worked for zappa way way back and that's how it's going to work for the artist if somebody likes the artist's work then it's up to that artist it's up to them we're not going to do the work for them but we give them the template and we've given them the platform to invite everyone they know to vote for them of course they will hey they might even vote for themselves the only thing we're not going to do is rig the vote because when you <laughs> when you register you can't you know a little id of course you have so it's one vote one voter one track okay you can vote for as many tracks as you want but it's one vote per track so it's genuine democratic voting uh, we will incentivize if you invite you know x people to join genie we'll give you a boost in your votes that's not a problem it's called actually no it's called marketing i believe uh so hopefully we will build up and i've got no false illusions uh it's not going to be huge we've got an outreach at the moment of five thousand artists i think it's five thousand one hundred and fifty two as we speak each of those artists has got a social network uh, you combine the social networks and it gets interesting now we've got an audience of almost four million right this is getting very interesting the advertisers would kill to stick their rubbish all over my platform but they're not going to i don't want them i refuse to be sullied by um, them trying to buy their way into people's favors and to force feed their wares to my audience and to my artists no I'm not going to do it and you wouldn't believe you would believe the number of times we've been asked to and we you wouldn't believe the rubbish that they're trying to advertise but if you've ever been onto facebook uh similar thing uh, you can play your music over facebook and you will get bombarded you'll get profiled straight away with ai i, I set up a false identity i do it quite a lot uh, for various other, uh, I won't call them competitors, I call them research. And I set up um, an identity. Her name was um, Winnie Minky. Winnie Minky is one of my favorites. And um, Winnie announced she was getting married. She just got engaged. And um, I got bombarded through my account with uh, honeymoon offers, wedding dresses, champagne, holidays. It was, it was brilliant, but it was appalling. Uh, it took about half an hour once upon a time i had a client called bass breweries they produce some um, beer 
and my job was to um, build a database. So we set up um, an online thing and we said, uh, oh, I targeted every single um, student union in the country and sent them an email. Email had just been invented. Every student was given an email. Um, most of the people on email on the planet were students. So I said to the student union, hey, get down to X, which was a, a well-known uh, pub chain that should be nameless, but I'll call it It's a Screen. Get down to It's a Screen and uh, bring 12 people <laughs> and there'll be a pint waiting for you. Okay, so they were happy. They got their pint. Bass breweries were delighted. They had 12 people turning up and they sold them 12 pints of beer or more. Um, right, the database growth. This is called Member Get Member, which again, according to the history books, I might have invented. We launched this in Portsmouth, which is on the south coast of England. And within 24 hours, we had students coming in from Christchurch. That's Christchurch, New Zealand, right? It went global. It literally went global overnight. First time it ever happened, as far as I know, with a marketing campaign. And they, uh, we said, it's, it's spreading like a virus, you know? So another little notch in my belt. But what we ended up with, or what Bass Breweries ended up with, was a database of students. So they could uh, then abuse them and send them all sorts of wheedles and bribes. And I was out at uh, that stage. I did the same for a company called uh, Nestle, a thing called KitKat. And then Duracell was the first one. And we got a database of people who might be interested in newfangled things called laptops. Very, very interesting. This is way back. This is way, way back when laptops had just started. And mobile phones were you know, just uh, on the horizon, really. Uh, but Duracell had invented a smart battery and we used a, a member get member campaign through the web to build your audiences, which brings us back to Genie, uh, which hasn't even started yet. So we've been going a few years under the radar, building it up, building it up, building up a quiet reputation. And we have, uh, I think it's 600 investors, not big ones. These are small ones. Uh, they could be happy because um, one day this could be an interesting business. As long as the ethics are not compromised, when we get help, uh, I literally, I get interns. I, my co-founder and co-director, Dr. Mitchell, she has got great contacts in the universities and she gets, I say, I need so-and-so and so-and-so. I need someone to, you know, put us up on stuff I don't understand or like, you know, social media. And we get an intern or, or six to do it. We're delighted because it doesn't cost us anything. They're delighted because it builds up their portfolio. And the public is delighted because they get something to chew on. The only people that don't particularly like it are our competitors, but they're big enough to, to take anything. We'll, we'll never get anywhere near where they are. But what pains me is when I see startups trying to sort of to do what we're doing. And there are a lot, and we, I, you know, we, we keep tabs on them. A new one comes along every five minutes trying to do this, but they all compromise. They all have advertising. They all charge a bit or they screw it up in some way ethically. They allow cover versions. I've got no problem with cover versions, but I don't want them on Genie simply because this is for original entertainment. So imagine you are a singer songwriter, an author or someone trying to get on Strictly Come Dancing and you send in your showreel and it's a cover version. What pre um, I know that producers 
uh, looking at Genie for new talent. They're lazy. All they do is look at the ones who are at the top of the charts, basically. They don't look at the stuff. But that's, that's fine. That's fine. I'm going to put another chart, worst of, and another one, you know, most recent, and another one, oldest, and another one for youngest. So we'll get there. And the producers see the audition, the showreel, and all they're going to do is click a button and they contact that artist directly. Okay. So we don't even take an, uh, a legal risk. It's now up to the producer or the agent or the venue or the festival to go to that artist direct. There's a big festival literally at the bottom of the road from where I'm talking at the moment. Uh, not the Isle of Wight, that's across the water. But I can see it from here. But our, our festival is called Victorious and they're partners of Genie. We've got some good partners and they get, you know, global stars turning up and we get quite nice endorsements from them. If we can ever get to talk to them, we know that they're scouts at festivals looking at the smaller acts, not the big ones, the smaller acts. So Genie tends to get people starting out, tends to get people who can't get a gig anywhere. It tends to get artists who are broke because they can't afford, you know, to promote themselves or produce anything. We also get artists who've made it, but are on the way down, if you like. Um, so instead of headlining a festival, they end up in a you know a small tent somewhere, but they're still working. Um, and of course they're still working, why not? I think our oldest working blues musician, well, he's certainly in his eighties. He might even be 90, I don't know. Our youngest is seven. Okay, ethical question about youngsters. Again, I want no responsibility. Uh, I want to avoid at all costs uh, abuse of, of young people. So of course, if they want to send in a showroom, then it must be their guardian or their parent or their teacher, if it's a school thing, who sends it in on their behalf. They must also take responsibility for the content of that young person. And they must take responsibility for the email addresses um, that they, that young person gathers uh, as their fan base. Uh, the safety is, of course, that the fan who signs up for a youngster cannot send them stuff direct. The, the artist has to outreach to the fan and say, hey, you know, I'm appearing at so-and-so next week. Genie is useful for all sorts of things. If I was a band, I'm going to add a little thingy soon. There's a technical term, thingy. I've always uh, added the thingies to my technical stuff. And this little thingy, all I want is people to click a button on a world map. That's it, ever so easy. So instead of having, a, as well as having a username and a login password, if you want, you can opt in to be pinpointed somewhere on the planet. Why is that important? It's important because if I want to give a poetry reading or launch a book or play a gig in, in the Kokiliki, I don't know if I've got an audience there, if it's worth me traveling there, hiring a hall, and neither does my agent, neither does whoever, neither does the venue, but they do now, because the artist goes to their database, and even if that database, I mean, some of our artists have a database of thousands, some have a database of dozens, but even for the smallest, it's worth saying, I'm playing, you know, in the village hall, in my village, have I got an audience? So instead of knocking on doors, They've already got their fan base of all their locals and they've got people in nearby villages and they might have people in the nearest town who might be interested in what they got to offer. 
instead of going on Facebook and broadcasting to who knows whom, because there's no interaction, and there really isn't, you can't, you, you know, you can click a like or you can send a message, but that's about it. With Genie, you can work out where your fan base is, or you will be when we plug this in, as well as who they are. I'm not going to ask for any more. I don't want to know your ages or your proclivities. Um, so nothing like that at all. All we want is your user ID and if you want, where you happen to be in the world. It would be lovely for an artist to build up a profile of where their fan base is globally or locally. Lovely. I wish I could have done it when I was you know, playing in bands. Uh, Zappa did it. Prince did it. Eminem did it. It's Everyone does it now. But they, they can't actually reward their fans. For example, uh, Prince, um, he, uh, his website went dark. So if you remember that, just shut everything down. Shut everything down. And booked the O2 Arena for God knows how many nights. And uh, all he wanted as you walked in the door was your email address. You know, marketing genius. Many commentators have said your early work um, in the computer industry um, going back to, you know, 82 to 84, particularly, um, was very creative. Um, it was very empowering. Uh, it was always non-violent. Um, and it always played by its own rules because, in essence, it was making up its own rules. Um, do you think that kind of freewheeling creativity that, that really marked that golden age of, of computing, that that can be recreated now with Genie so that people can, you know, come on board with their own music spoken word, um, any other kind of uh, creative contribution, um, and this could be a, a new kind of golden age? Great, great question. Great question. Um, yeah, there were no rules back then, and we made them up as we went along, and we set our own standards, and it feels like the same now. The difference is, back then, not only did I have the first company uh, producing computer entertainment, but after a year or so, there was only about a dozen even then. And in the golden age, well, I couldn't tell you, but there were no more than a couple of hundred, surely. Today, there are millions. Everyone is their own company. Of course, they are. Everyone is their own platform. And back then, we were at the top of the tree. We were number one. Uh, our games went to number one. Today, nobody gets to number one because only those huge artists dominate everything. They dominate every platform there is. Yeah, we, know, we know who they are. And good luck to them. But the superstars in all fields, uh, written word, music, film, everything, design, embroidery, tap dancing, it's all dominated by the superstars. And I'm not being funny, but you know, you go on to you know, the big dance competitions and it's full of bloody celebrities and superstars. There's no real people there. So yes, great question, Tom. I would love to rip up the rules again. I hope we're doing it. I have no false illusions about the scale of what's going to happen, but uh, we're starting. It's a start. And because of COVID and because people are very used now to banging something um, online through Zoom or whatever, you know, imagine the number of virtual bands you could have or virtual dance troops or virtual, you know, symphony orchestras or poetry readings or whatever through Zoom. Absolute piece of cake now. And it's free more or less. So I'm really looking forward to um, original content coming through. And I'll say again, it's not my choice or proclivities, and it's not my team, 
and my team is very very small basically <laughs> one other founder director and some helpers and i i, I will um, again I'll, I'll cite um my co-director sheena mitchell uh without her this would never have happened she's the business brain right in the past all my um hits uh become misses because i was too uh, grasshopper and went on to the next thing and just got bored and she actually keeps me um, in harness and keeps me disciplined and won't let me go off at a tangent so if genie is going to be a success it'll not be because of me it'll be because of her so it's the first time in my entire long long career um, since i started playing the city xylophone in the 1950s um, it's the first time i've ever had a manager someone to keep an eye on me and tell me where I'm going wrong. Very interesting experience. Uh, I don't like it. I do like to run everything. And if things have gone wrong in the past, it's because of that. So if Genie is going to become a success now, it won't really be because of me. Having ideas, Tom, and you know yourself, you're a creative person. Having ideas is dead easy. Having ideas is the easiest thing in the world, actually. And telling people about them is ever so easy. You know, boring the pants off people. It's ever so easy telling them about your great idea. And in fact, launching your ideas are easy, but making them a success is almost impossible. I mean, I couldn't tell you the number of startups that fail, but I'm sure somebody can. It's got to be, you know, 99 in 100, I would think, have got to fail. So there's absolutely no guarantee that Genie will succeed, uh, not because it's already succeeded, because uh, in fact, it hasn't. We've got the numbers and we've got, got the artists and we've got the audience but we've never been in profit you know not once it's always gone back to the artist that's the whole point so if we were a you know a corporation or an ink our shareholders would be extremely unhappy because that's why shareholders are shareholders very rarely for ethical reasons every single one of our investors i think has gotten involved because of our ethics and because of our there are two words that i hate one is mission and the other is passion and everything I look at, everyone's got a mission, everyone's got a passion. Well, Jeannie's got a mission and a passion. <laughs> and our mission and a passion is to give back. Just spread it around, give it back. All the artists, the big artists that helped us want to give it back. They've made it, they don't need any more. They want more, but they don't need it. So I want to do the, um, you know, if one sinner repenteth, blah, blah, then I'll be happy. No, if we make a star, yeah, of course I'll be happy. But if we make a lot of smaller people happy, I would be absolutely delighted. Some people won't want to make loads of money out of merchandising or selling, you know, gig tickets. All they want is people to say, I like your work. Press the button and then they get their email address. And then all they got to do is send back a little message saying, thank you. That's it. That's the genie deal. Thank you from the artist. Thank you from the audience. And thank you for me. Hey, that sounded like rounding up. Well, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've spoken a bit earlier about um, the way in which you um, had these innovations that predated things like streaming entertainment and podcasting. Um, and it was that kind of innovation that, that won you the uh, Computer Trade Association Award three years running. Um, what do you think, you know, having, having been able to foresee these things long before they actually came into common usage, what do you think the future holds for Genie and for online entertainment 
generally? Do you think it's going to be more towards things like virtual reality? Do you think perhaps holographics have a part to play or is it going to be a, a mixture of all of these things? I think yes to all of those things. It's going to be horrific and I'm glad I won't witness it really. It's bad enough now. Since 88, I think it's when I quit, oh, I can't remember. Uh, 84, I can't remember. I, I, I resigned from my company, my own company, and sold it for 10p. Um, I've still got the 10p stuck on the wall with a piece of blue tack. I could see the future then, and it was advertising, it was violence. Uh, this is a computer game, but nothing's changed in terms of streaming. Uh, it was pornography, it was lies, uh, it's unstoppable. So, Genie is just a, you know, it's the little Dutch boy with his finger in the dike, isn't it? It's hopeless, absolutely hopeless, but the finger's there in the dike. That's all we can do. So I think the future is not good, but it's not my future. I've had my past. I'm having the present, but you know, unless I live to be an extremely old man, um, there's not that much of a future left. And I'll, you know, even down to things like climate and um, you know politics, it's getting worse and worse and worse. So I, I'm not a pessimist, by the way, because those coming after me, the new innovators and the new pioneers, will make their own future and they'll adapt and you know but it's just it's not my my future so i'm interested but i'm not particularly involved um i think it will be ai and once upon a time i invented uh, a little entertainment called scheherazade there was a, a, a tiny machine you put in your pocket it wasn't a phone it was called a scion organizer and it was a very small computer but it was the size of a, a smartphone and it had lots and lots of memory I can't remember how much, but a huge amount. Something like one megabyte, massive from back then. This was in the 1980s, I think, or early 90s. So I thought, right, the world is ready now for what I've been trying to do since the 70s. And that's put a personality in your pocket, artificial intelligence in your pocket. So in that one meg, Scheherazade would change her mood. She would change her vocabulary. She'd know what the weather was, what the time was, what your location was, because this little machine, the Scion, knew all those things anyway. It was all built in. Great little machine, by the way. Don't know what happened to it. I think the guy who ran it was knighted, actually. Anyway, so it worked. I think it's still on my website somewhere. And great graphics. She was seductive. She, if you didn't like her, you could have a twin brother. Um, so we were gender gender neutral. You for gender neutrality. Uh, but what it did was pick up your own personality. So if you were a bastard, so was Scheherazade. If you were a really great and a really nice person, she would reflect that. Okay. Um, then AI for real crept in uh, a few years later. I have got a claim to fame, actually. I wrote my first AI program in the 1960s on a huge computer using punch cards. And um, it, it belonged to the Ministry of Defense. Don't ask me how or why. They let me loose on it, but um, it would react to music. It would react to different sorts of music. So, you know, jolly marches, it would flash purple inside the music and the blues, of course, it would go blue and blah, blah. But nothing's really changed since then. So with AI, I'm going to put AI into Genie. Of course I am. All it will do is um, react to your habits, what sort of music you like, and not the same old, if you like this, you'll like that. I won't do that. It's to build up a profile for the artist. So the artists can do what they like with it. You know, we're not charging, don't forget. We're only charging if you want to enter our awards thing from this 
this will start hopefully the end of this year the big switch around in terms of revenues and for people who are listening who would like to find out more about Jeannie, who might want to open an account or perhaps they're a creative themselves and want to get involved, or if they would like to invest in Jeannie, uh, what's the best way of them getting involved? That's a really, really difficult question. Last month, I would have said, join Jeannie and pay us $10. I'm going to write myself a note. Tom, you're changing history as we speak. <laughs> I'm going to, I think, in advance of Genie TV and what I've been talking about. It's not very well talking about all this stuff. Well, you've got to do it. So I, I will try and persuade my um, investors, team members, that we should go free again now before the new iteration starts. So to your listeners, yeah, if you've got $10, thank you very much. Um, and then you can send in whatever you want. If you know. uh, a file is a file, but um, Genie works on MP4s. So if you've got a book, an audio book, for example, Please send extracts in as an MP4. Please send it in um, under 50 meg. Otherwise, uh, we go bankrupt and we can't afford the storage. Video and dance is easy. You can compress most things. Audio is quite easy, actually. On 50, in 50 meg, you can get quite a lot, a lot in. If you've got any queries, uh, go straight to jweni.genie.com. And there's um, a help desk there. And send any questions you like through there. And uh, one of my elves will answer you and it normally comes through to me anyway because i'm anal i can't let other people do the work i have to do it myself you've motivated me uh, to get this thing done sooner than later so i'm still designing screens and all that stuff to get a costing i still haven't got a developer in yet to do the uh, to do the app uh, I, i've got people you know, i've got partners who can do it but again if there's a team starting out of youngsters who are capable of doing it why not i think Going back to your AI question, which might be the last question, because we've been on for hours. <laughs> yeah, we can all see what's going to happen. We can all see it. Doesn't matter if it's 3D or holographic. Doesn't matter. It's going to be horrible. 95% uh, of computer games when I started were killing aliens, but the aliens were just a little white blob. Then it moved into a color, and then it moved into you know quite high definition. But you're still killing aliens, rescuing maidens, or Christ knows what. But you're mostly killing people, aren't you? Or things. Then it got into ultra high definition, and it's just starting now. And you can just about tell reality from video, but they're still killing things. So that's not going to stop. Uh, every time we get a, a video sent in with untoward content, um, it gets knocked out straight away. And there's a, a built in mechanism. Every single MP3 that comes into Genie is looked at by a human being. It's a novel concept, I know. So unlike you know anybody else, we actually do look at the stuff, and you know if it's got dead bodies in it, we vaporize it basically. If it's got uh, interest, I mean the wrap is a is an interesting one. Some great stuff on it, and then when the expletives start, we actually haven't got the the power, we haven't got the resources to bleep it out. You know, we need somebody there pressing a button every 10 seconds so that's a pity there's some good stuff uh you know for rap music and modern stuff street music anyway we should have enough i couldn't tell you how many tracks we've got on genie at the moment uh, but when we move to the new platform uh, there will be a nice weeding taking place and particularly in the you know the latest uploads that we'll be able to start from the ground up okay quick run through what's going to happen with genie get the ai, AI do what you like but i'm not done it i'm not interested in doing it again um so i don't think i'll be around 
managing genie when we get to 3D, but you never know. Uh, I will be around when um, it goes to Genie TV. So the idea is Mr. Artist, Miss Artist, Mrs. Artist, gender neutral artist, load up a tractor genie, as long as it's in a category that we can use. So three broad categories we're going to have. Uh, obviously music, uh, which will cover everything from buskers to symphony orchestras. Dance is easy. Everything from, you know, tap dancing to ballet and spoken word is easy. Third channel will be anything to do with books, poetry, auditions for, you know, actors, showreels, voiceovers, nice field. And if there's nobody out there who can do any of those things, I feel so sorry. I, you have my sympathy. If you can't play an instrument, and if you can't, you know, sing a song or recite a poem, or if you can't dance, all right. You can become a member of the audience. Great. So step one, upload an MP3. Step two, press the right button for what channel it's in. That's it. If you're a member of the audience, now you can go to the Genie Charts and vote. Vote for who you like. Hopefully you've been asked to come to Genie to vote by an artist or by a friend. And so we build up our audiences and the charts are self-selective, totally democratic, and they cannot be interfered with. You can't, you know, you can't uh, skew the votes and you can't knock somebody out. You can't buy your way in. Pretty novel concept. They'll be telling me you can buy your way into politics next. <laughs> so the future is interesting. I have no idea what it holds. Uh, hope it works. But uh, thanks to people like extremists who are supporting us uh, and other, other partners and supporters, get the word out. That's the thing. And all the time, I know all the time we're charging $10 a month for artists. That's a huge barrier. It doesn't sound a lot, but you know, it could be a meal. Uh, it could be. Anyway, it's a barrier. So have a free account and then we'll change the whole system around. Anyone can join in. Anyone can load up. But to get into the awards and the charts and stuff, that's what's going to cost. So if you're serious about it, great. Then that's worth $10, surely, as a one-off payment. Because we have to, you know, pay for the servers. And, uh, I don't get paid. Uh, my co-director doesn't get paid. Uh, we do it, I won't say for love. We do it because we can. Our supporters don't get paid. Um, uh, our partners don't get paid. So nice, nice little thing we got going. Sounds like we're a bunch of, you know, happy, clappy, do-gooders. We're not, actually. We have all been in business and we've all made it. So all we're doing is just giving something back, just a little something back. Uh, you know, it's not a lot. Loads of people do it. Loads of people do it with their time. They do it with volunteering. They do it at food banks. They do it with their jobs. Um, this is the only way I can do it. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, I'm not a firefighter. So this is what I can do. And uh, let's hope, you know, the time has come. But I do hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, tune in again. Same, same place, same time. Well, Mel, thank you so very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Huge pleasure. It's been a really, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you, and thank you for for talking about not just your amazing career in the creative industries, but also you know the the genie journey so far. Um, and for all the listeners at home, um, if you haven't visited Genie yet, I would very warmly recommend that you do, um, because I, I can guarantee, no matter what your taste in music might be or your taste in spoken word entertainment, you will find something there um, amongst the many many different categories that are available. 
Um, and on a personal note, Mel, I would like to thank you very much because I think it probably true to say, hand on heart, I might never have become a writer um, or indeed an author um, if it hadn't been for your uh, top class computer journalism all the way through the 80s and 90s, um, which I always found amazingly motivating because you took a subject that might have just been about logic and applied mathematics um, and you applied that amazing creativity to it, that, that creative empowerment um, that made everyone look at the subject in a, in a slightly different way. So, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm embarrassed to respond. As long as I made you laugh, um, that was the main thing. So thanks once again, everyone, for tuning in. Um, I do hope that you'll join us again soon.